0: How's it going, folks? This is Parker Burns, and you're listening to Music Mysteries, a podcast that takes you on a journey into the untold stories of your favorite rock legends. Okay, so on today's show of Music Mysteries, we will be discussing, or I will be telling you, the story of the Led Zeppelin curse. Now, not all of you may have heard of Led Zeppelin, but I'm pretty sure a majority of people, even if you don't listen to rock music, know who the legendary band of Led Zeppelin is. But there's a kind of legend about them. A mythical thing about there's that a bunch of bad stuff happened to them throughout the end of their career until they broke up, and it's known as the Led Zeppelin curse. And so, this story has kind of been denied by some of the members, kind of you know, they've been kind of shady about it. And so, it's not real. I don't really know if it's true or not, but I'm just here to tell you the legend of the Led Zeppelin curse, so you can. Decide for yourself if you think it's true or not. So basically, from 1975 to about 1980, the rock band Led Zeppelin had a number of accidents and tragedies that happened to all the members and uh, people and some of them and some members blame it on a curse that was placed upon the band, supposedly placed upon the band. And The Curse has to do a lot with The Notorious, if you've heard of him or not, I think you pronounce it, Aliester Crowley and his haunted house that Jimmy Page purchased. So, Led Ze- the band Led Zeppelin was very well known for their occult symbolism throughout their music careers, throughout album designs and their music uh, and each member was assigned their own specific symbol, just like uh, they also used uh, the hermit like tarot cards, or tarot. Have you say the tarot, like the fortune telling cards became one of their prominent figures. Well, the band's lead guitarist Jimmy Page, uh he was very interested in the world of the the occult world. Um. And when asked in an, actually, when asked in an interview about his involvement uh, with the Golden Dawn occult, he stated that he had always been interested in Eastern and Western mysticism. mysticism. Thanks I said that right. Uh, and its history. And so he spent a lot of his time reading and researching about the occult. And all the stuff that they did. He also uh, owned an occult bookshop. And uh, a publishing house. Known as the Equinox. And he spent time at auctions. Hunting down. uh, Aliester Crowley's artifacts. Jimmy Page actually. Was so just intrigued and interested. In Crowley. That he actually bought Crowley's house, the uh, Bolski- Bolskine house, in 1970. Which is crazy. A lot of bad stuff, I'm sure, happened in that house. So to kind of give a background on who Aliester Crowley is, Aliester Crowley was many things. He was very, he was a novelist, uh, poet, uh, a l- painter, he was a lot of things. Well, so he, but he was mostly known as an occultist and the mainstream press actually labeled him the wickedest man in the world due to his heavy, he was very involved in, uh, black magic, witchcraft, stuff like that. He, uh, he began getting into, uh, occult stuff with the, uh, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. And later he founded his own philosophy philosophy and it was known as a uh, Thelema. I think is how you pronounce that. Thelema. T-H-E-L-E-M-A. So Crowley bought the Bolskin House because it was kind of in its own lo- like secluded location. And he could on his own in peace perform rituals. And he performed several of them. Uh, many of them, actually. Um, he attempted to conjure up in seances, conjure up spirits, invoke demons. You know, just do anything he could. that Anything that had to do with black magic or witchcraft. Um, some, A lot of people say that Crowley never cleaned up the spiritual mess that he made there. Leaving rituals still open and unfinished. Which kind of made a lot of people believe that that house was haunted due to that because it just left spirits and demons there and like, you know, just kind of left unfinished. So, um, the Bolskine house was built in the 1760s, uh, by colonial, by colonial, Colonel uh, Alcabod Fraser, as a, actually as like a kind of a diss to his neighbor Simon Fraser, the Eleventh Lord Lovat, who became the last person in England executed by beheading. Actually, fun fact. But and it's and because of that, it is uh, said that the sound of Lord Lovat's head rolling around the stairs can still be heard at times at the Bolskine House. So Crowley bought the house from the Fraser family in about 1899, and he performed rituals there until it was sold in the year 1930, 13, sorry, not 30, 1913. Misspoke. So the house uh, had new owners over the next 57 years or so that continued to kind of leave scars on the house, spiritual, spiritual scars on the house and physical kind of. Uh, actor George Raft ran a scam out of the house. Major Edward Grant actually committed suicide in Crowley's old bedroom in 1965. And uh, it's kind of a little story that one husband that was living there abandoned his blind wife in the house just after a month of living there to leave her to die. Anyway, so that was kind of a backstory on the Bolskyne house and uh, who... Uh, Crowley was well so finally uh we'll get to the story of Lev Zeppelin so the lead guitarist Jimmy Page bought the house at an auction in 1970 he outbidded another man by the name of Kenneth Anger which this would later uh he is gonna be of significance later on in the story which gets and it gets really strange so... Mm-hmm. Basically, Jimmy Page bought the Bolskine house, and he owned it for the next 22 years. But he never actually lived there. He uh, I guess he just didn't really feel comfortable living in the actual house. He furnished it, though, like he was living there. And it can actually be seen in the backdrop as Led Zeppelin's uh, song, the song remains the same, concert video. So go look it up. Go watch it. And the house that's in the background in the black and white video uh, actually... I believe the video is black and white. Uh, The house in the background is the uh, Bullscon house. So. The one who was basically at the house the most. And actually lived there most of the time. Was Jimmy Page's friend Malcolm Dent. Uh, Jimmy Page asked Dent to take care of the house. uh, While he wasn't there see Malcolm Dent claimed to be a skeptic of the paranormal and paranormal activities and spirits and all that. But so he said, that's fine. I'll live there. I don't believe in any of that kind of stuff. But after living there for a while, he said he experienced some of the most terrifying nights of his life at the Bolskan house, Bolskan house. He claimed that he could hear scratching on doors, uh, to the room. He to like to his bedroom. He, uh, said that it was fa- that he heard pounding on walls on uh doors all night long and he would open the doors in the morning and no one would be in the house besides him. Uh he claimed that doors would open and close on their own. Um carpets in the house would pile up on their own for no reason. Like he said none of this was explainable at all. Um he said he felt he was attacked in the middle of the night by some kind of devil. Um, so, yeah. So, he basically, who was a skeptic at first, now believes in this kind of stuff and was scared living in the house. Anyway, so, the guy who I mentioned before, who I said would be a big player later, uh, Kenneth Anger. He spent some time in the house, actually. Well, he was, he was a uh, director and a film producer. So, he was producing a film called Lucifer Rising. Uh, And while he was at the house producing the film, working on the film, uh, he claimed that a 300-pound painting lifted itself off the wall and set itself on the floor. So, I don't know. So that's just kind of some of the crazy things that were going on at this house while people were living there, uh, after Jimmy Page bought it. So, Kenneth Anger... um, so he was friends. He wasn't friends, but he was he was an acquaintance of Jimmy Page's, uh, because they both were interested and really intrigued by Aleister uh, Crowley and the occult stuff that he was into. So Jimmy Page actually agreed to record music for Kenneth Anger's uh, film Lucifer Rising. It was a short film. They worked out uh, that he would work out of Jimmy Page's house while he was working on the film. Uh, So he would take care of the house and stuff and Jimmy Page would uh, do the music for the film. Well, Jimmy Page's girlfriend, Charlotte, discovered one day that Kenneth Anger was actually giving unauthorized tours of the house. And this did not make Jimmy Page very happy so he kicked Kenneth Anger out of the house, uh, and told him that he wasn't allowed to work there anymore. All this kind of stuff. Well, so Jimmy Page never got to really complete the soundtrack for Anger. Anger was angry at uh, Jimmy Page, and so he is the one who is supposed who is supposed to have put the curse on uh, Led Zeppelin. Who is supposed to put the curse on Led Zeppelin? He's the one that cursed them. Um, he actually said in the press that uh, he kind of ridiculed uh, Jimmy Page in the press and he followed that with a threat of uh, of throwing a, quote, Kenneth Anger curse at the guitarist. And since Kenneth Anger was involved in the occult... It was kind of, you know, people were skeptical and and Jimmy Page kind of was too. If it was real, if it was a true curse or if he was just mad and was just saying stuff to the press. But after this happened is when uh, the trouble with the band started. So now that I've given a I've kind of given a background to how the curse was put on them, why it was put on them. The supposed, the supposed or alleged curse the background to the occult and how you know why there was a curse all this kind of stuff now here's the part where it starts getting kind of interesting and here's where the effects of the curse start really taking a toll on the band so in 1975 about a week before the physical gravity tour which was an album by Led Zeppelin uh, Jimmy Page broke his finger and was unable to play some of Led Zeppelin's best songs throughout the tour So, uh, and also several tour dates were cancelled due to illnesses from people in the band then later that year in the month of August they were on a break from the tour Uh, the lead singer Robert Plant and his family were actually in a car crash in Greece and it nearly killed them all The rest of the tour was canceled after that, and Robert Plant spent much of his time in a wheelchair. And, uh, during the recording of the uh, Presence album, he was in a wheelchair, and so some of the recordings for the Presence album had to be delayed, so uh, Robert Plant could make a recovery. So the makeup tour that was scheduled for uh, Physical Gravity, um... Encounter... They had so many problems that happened. Uh, Robert Plant... Came down with... uh, Laryngitis... Causing more cancellations... And... Ticketless fans... In Cincinnati... Even started rioting... At one of the shows. So... So the, the... The punches just kept coming. I mean... In 1977 was when the big... One of the biggest blows of all happened. Probably the... Uh, not the biggest, but one of them. This really one really impacted the Plant family. So, Robert Plant received... Um... Uh, you know, news. Uh, he made... He was away on tour. And so, he, re- he... They were on tour. He received news that, uh... His son... Uh... Carrack, K-A-R-A-C, I don't know how you pronounce it, but I think it's Um, had passed away from a stomach virus. He was only five years old, and this really hit the Plant family hard and really messed uh, Robert Plant up mentally, completely. Kind of messed him up, just everything, emotionally, mentally, just kind of ruined him as a person, which I understand, and uh, it was also very sad that it happened while he was away on tour. Um so that was a really big tragedy and a big blow that happened to the band, especially to the plant family. Well the next biggest blow that happened to him, uh one of the final ones, was that in 1980 they're, the band's drummer John Bonham was found dead after excessively drinking alcohol and uh, asphy- asphyxiating in his sleep. So that really hit everybody and that's when everybody kind of realized something's wrong here that everybody's getting like so many tragedies of hit this is when kind of the store like the stigma of like the curse was starting to come up, the stories of the curse were starting to come up. And, uh, right after John Bonham's death, um, that's when the band decided to call it quits. Uh, and they really did not feel comfortable continuing on with a replacement. Um, so really, either way, curse or cur- no curse, Led Zeppelin was done after that. That's when they officially broke up. Uh, the only band member, though, to actually come away no, like unscathed basically was the uh, bassist John Paul Jones. Um, So another kind of just thing to add on to that was that some some legends or say or rumors about Led Zeppelin claim that uh, in the early days of the band Jimmy Page would conduct uh, would actually conduct occult rituals with the other band members except John Paul Jones, who would usually opt out of them, and actually even considered leaving the band because they would do these kind of rituals uh, in 1973. And uh, so it's believed that because of their participation in these rituals, that is what caused the curse to affect all of them. So whenever the curse got put on them by Kenneth, because they all... Particip- except for john paul jones who participated in these occult rituals the curse affected everybody except jones um of course this is all just legend none of this was ever actually proven um except for the beginning things about uh crowley and all that kind of stuff was proven but nothing curse wise and uh it was never really proven uh that they did that uh, jimmy page and the other members uh, actually conducted conducted um, rituals. Uh, they're just legends, but I don't know. It gets you, some of these stories though kind of get you thinking that some things don't add up. Some things do add up to the legends. Um, and it was also kind of said it was another kind of rumor too was said of the road crew that they would state to each other, quote, Don't go shopping with Jimmy Page. He might sacrifice you. Unquote. Just to kind of throw that out there that, you know, he was involved in some pretty shady things, some pretty weird things. Uh, They may have been referencing to occult rituals. Who knows what they're referencing to? Uh, So the only thing that's really proven is that Jimmy Page did admit that he had an interest in the occult. It's history, all things kind of magical, you know, mystical, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, to this day, he does deny, uh, one of the biggest Led Zeppelin controversies. Uh, everybody, they're one of their most famous songs, probably their most famous songs. Uh, Stairway to Heaven, it is said that if you play it backwards, uh, then you can hear satanic or, you know, ritualistic, whatever, um, song, like sounds, words, messages, any of that kind of stuff. But, uh, Jimmy Page denies that that. that that was even put in there. He actually said in an interview one time, quote, it's hard enough to write a song one way, then have to do it backwards, unquote. So basically he was saying, you know, that that's not happening. But it's just fun to think. All these are just legends, but they're fun to think. They're fun to talk about. Um, No harm, you know, just, uh, they're just stories. No big deal. But uh yeah so thank you all for coming to my first or listening to my first podcast. Uh hopefully there'll be plenty more to come. I'll have um, more stories coming up uh in the future. So this podcast was actually brought was brought to you This podcast was uh wasn't really brought to you by any ads or anything like that. Uh just from one music lover to to another. So thank you all for listening. Next time on Music Mysteries, we will be discussing Robert Johnson, the Mississippi Delta guitarist, blues guitarist that supposedly sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads to become one of the most influential guitarists of all time. So make sure to come back and tune in next week.